It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 511 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you. It is November 9th, 2023. San Diego Padres, there's a good news today. Phil Nevin has interviewed with the pod talked with the Padres yesterday and I believe Kevin AC is reporting that some more conversations are happening today um, so let's get into that should Phil Nevin be Padres manager Kevin AC Dennis Lynn reported at first that Phil Nevin interviewed with the Padres on Wednesday and Kevin during this week at the GM meetings he said that the Padres were essentially pressing pause on their managerial search but that wasn't the case because they talked to Phil on Wednesday. It turns out the team did not press pause on its manager's search. Kevin says, as had been stated, some of the team's decision makers spoke Wednesday with former Angels manager Phil Nevin, who played for the Padres from 1999 to 2005 and has lived in the same Poway home for almost two decades. Two people said Wednesday's interview with the 52-year-old who was among those interviewed by the Padres in 2015, I had forgot about that, before Andy Green was hired, went well, meeting went well, and that scheduled to meet with others in the organization Thursday, which is today. So, sure seemed like the interview obviously went well enough where he's going to 
I don't know if you consider this the second round of interviews. Go, he probably met with, I don't know if he met with AJ, but probably met with assistant GM, something there with the Padres. Didn't meet uh, with Eric Gruppner, did not meet with Eric Kutsenda, who is a partner at Seidler Equity Partners. Uh, and he is a special advisor to Eric Gruppner. If you go look at the Padres front office directory on, I believe, Padres.com, it says Eric Kutsenda, and he was not there this entire season. He just got added there pretty recently. And Kevin notes here that Eric is acting as sort of a surrogate uh, while Padres chairman Peter Seidler recovers from a medical procedure. Those men and others involved in the previous interviews were not involved in Wednesday's interview with Nevin. Some of those people are expected to speak with him Thursday or possibly Friday. The Padres expect to wrap up their search by early next week. But, you know, A.J. Preller is someone that is unpredictable, right? Like, you think that we can predict him, but then he brings in Phil Nevin. We think, like, this whole time it feels like Schilt, Flaherty, those are the favorites. Then you hear about Ben Hill. Then David gets fired, and then maybe the Padres are considering talking to him. Then you hear, well, you hear Phil Nevin and Eric Chavez. Then Chavez gets eliminated. Then you don't really hear about Phil Nevin, and then... We hear him pop up here when A.J. Preller, it, it's being reported by Kevin Acey that seems like they're pressing pause during the GM meetings here, and then they'll get back to it. A.J. Preller you know, lied to the media essentially again uh, yesterday because he essentially said the same thing, like they're focusing on the player stuff here, GM meetings and all that, and then it gets reported that they went and talked with Phil Nevin and interviewed Phil Nevin. Um, so it's there's so many twists, and obviously – Ron Gardenhire was a favorite, and then he ends up not getting a job. Ron Washington, I think a lot of people thought that he was going to get hired, and then it, they go with some dude we never heard of, Jace Tingler. It's unpredictable. Obviously, the Bob Melvin hire was unpredictable as well. So I don't really know what to think about this. Like, I think that it's going to be Schilt or Flaherty, but I'm not like 100% positive because AJ Preller is so unpredictable. And Usually, in a manager search that's taking this long, you would think that they'd start to narrow down names, but it doesn't seem like they're narrowing down. It seems like they're like expanding. We thought it was going to be between right Gill, Schilt, Flaherty, and now they're adding Phil Nevin into it. Maybe David Ross. So how close are they to hiring a manager? Early next week. Okay, so interviews happening today, tomorrow. Are more interviews going to happen than over the weekend? Who's making this decision? AJ Preller. And then he goes to Seidler and says, I want this guy as the manager. And Seidler says, okay. Is there going to be pushback by Eric Kutsenda and Eric Gruppner? Another thing that's kind of concerning to me is Eric Kutsenda uh, being involved, talking to the manager and all that. Like, I get, I guess he's supposed to be like, you know, the, the voice kind of for Peter Seidler. And Peter Seidler obviously trusts him. But Reading background, Eric Kutsenda, he's not a baseball guy, right? So why is he, I don't know, I just don't understand why he has such a big, why can't Eric Gruppner, does Peter Seidler not trust Eric Gruppner? I thought he really trusted Preller. Why aren't guys just talking? And Josh Stein, the assistant GM, Fred Ullman Jr., the other assistant GM, why aren't they just talking to him? Why bring in someone who, I get maybe payroll and stuff like that, but this doesn't have to do with the payroll. You can pay the manager however much money you want. It has nothing to do with payroll. 
that doesn't go towards it. So I just don't really understand Eric Kutsenda being involved and, and oh, Phil Nevin hasn't talked to Kutsenda and Gruppner yet. So that's like the next stage. Well, why? Why is Kutsenda involved in this, to be honest? I just don't really understand that. Um, I want baseball people making these decisions on the manager. Maybe that's just me. Again, he says here, previous candidates, so I'm assuming Gill, Flaherty, Schilt, especially those three, uh, met with an array of front office members, including CEO Eric Grubner and Eric Kutsenda. Nevin could talk to those people uh, Thursday, possibly Friday. Preller said Wednesday the Padres were focused on players and would get back to the process of deciding on a new manager after the GM meetings, which concluded on Thursday. Multiple sources said the Padres had narrowed their focus to three managerial candidates, Schilt, Flaherty, and Gill. Schilt and Flaherty still the favorites, which haven't they been the favorites all along? This is kind of where I do see some of these questions as well. We thought all these guys were the favorites, right? Like Flaherty, Schilt, especially, and then you add Gill in there. But it's taken weeks now, and there's no manager hiring. So has no manager hiring happened because A.J. Preller, the Padres, they don't, they're not confident anymore in those guys, and that's why they're bringing in Phil Nevin. That's why they might bring in David Ross. Is that why no manager hiring has happened? And I talked about the holdup yesterday. GM meetings, might want to talk to other people, might want to try to assemble a coaching staff maybe, hypothetical coaching staff before you make a manager hiring because you might want all these guys on the coaching staff, but maybe certain guys aren't willing to be on the coaching staff. They have to be manager. Now, do you want that person managing then if you're not willing to be a team player, right? Like, I guess that's another question. But now it's now it's in my head like, Okay, so you're back from the GM meetings. Okay, now you're talking to Phil Nevin, but wasn't Phil Nevin mentioned last week, I think, in a, in a, in a report by Kevin? So why did you talk to him then? Why did you talk with Phil Nevin? Well, had that conversation done already. And now the Angels have hired a manager. He lost Carlos Mendoza to the Mets. Now maybe the Padres thought that Carlos Mendoza wasn't the right fit, and that's why they were fine with him going to the Mets. But he's gone. Teams are making some hirings here, and it feels like the whole time there's been two favorites, Flaherty and Schilt, but then guys keep getting brought in and no decision has been made. I'm not freaking out about it because of what it means, oh, you can't tell a player who their manager is going to be yet. Like, those conversations I don't think are even happening. Like, the GM meetings just happened. The GM meetings are talking with agents, price points, all that, and then they'll start communicating probably with players the big guys aren't going to be signing right now, right? And the Padres, maybe they're not even going after big guys. So maybe they should get this manager thing done. But I feel like the big guys will probably go, and then that will lead to smaller starting pitch like that going because teams that missed out on those guys will want to go for the second-tier, third-tier guys. So I think the Padres, they have some time here. Like, I'm not freaking out on the time. I'm just questioning. Why is it taking so long? And like, because it feels like I thought we had favorites, but then there's other guys being added. Now, if we go back to like power rankings, your individual power rankings, who would you rather have be manager? I mean, I'm still going with the in house options of Schilt and then Flaherty. And then 
between, I don't include David Ross, but I mean, they should talk to him. So Ross, Gil, Nevin, who would you put? I mean, I probably want to go with someone that has experience. Um, Cubs, there's obviously pressure. I'd probably go with David Ross three and Benji Gill just behind him at four and Nevin five. Nevin, I'm just not, I guess the same thing with Ross too, but I'm not super dialed into, okay, what went wrong with Phil Nevin? What went wrong with David Ross in Chicago? And I think some fans, they want, Benji Gill or something because it's the unknown I guess and that's why it's appealing because they haven't seen Benji Gill fail as a manager at the big league level like some would say Phil Nevin has failed because he hasn't made the postseason or David Ross because he didn't make the postseason in a full season with the Cubs even though I think both of those guys didn't have the best most fair chances at having success as a manager with the with their clubs sometimes or for, for one of them, it was didn't have much time with the Angels, and there were injuries. And then two like superstar players. And then with the Cubs, with David Ross, I mean, they started trading all of their star players. So, like, how are we expecting this guy to uh, – how are we expecting David Ross, if you're the Cubs, how are you expecting him to have consistent postseason success if you're taking away his star players, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, okay. So someone in the chat here says Benji at four, LOL. Um, it's close. I'm going with David Ross probably right now at three. It's not because I don't like Benji Gill. It's just because I'd like to see David Ross get a fair shot with some, you know, a more talented team. And Benji Gill could be a coach on the staff. I'm totally okay with that. I'm not against Benji Gill. And I'd be okay with if Benji Gill was hired as the manager. You know, it is an interesting candidate. Nevin, I feel like that's someone that would really care about the success of this Padres team. And I think Bob, at the end, I think it was pretty apparent that he didn't care as much as we wanted him to about the Padres or else probably tried to stay and, you know, not leave the players to go to San Francisco. I uh, see some super chats in here, Nevin. Steve says Nevin is toxic and Preller just wants to give the illusion that he's doing his due diligence. That could be another thing as well, where they're trying to make Melvin look bad still and be like, well, we didn't think that Melvin was going to go. He left, so we had to scramble and we're doing our due diligence here. We want to really bring in the best guy. And even if they go back to Schultz or they go back to Flaherty, they can say, well, look, we brought in outside candidates. We brought in, we talked to a little bit to Eric Chavez. We talked to Phil Nevin. We talked to Mendoza. Maybe they talked to David Ross. We talked to Benji Gill. And our group, we think that the best guy is Ryan Flaherty, or we think that the best guy is Mike Schilt. And so they want to try to convince maybe the fan base, convince people that way. We did our due diligence. Look, we went and talked with all these people. But when A.J. Preller mentioned how he was getting a lot of interest right at that video presser when Bob Melvin went to the Giants, I thought the interest was going to be from like Ron Washington, Showalt, maybe people like Brad Osmus, Mike Sosha, and maybe they did express interest and the Padres didn't want to bring him in. I don't know. 
But these weren't the names, maybe some of them were, but these weren't the names I were expecting. When you're saying like, yeah, there's a lot of uh, interesting, talented guys that are, you know, expressing interest here. Maybe that's him just trying to make the Padres organization look good. I tend to think that. But uh, these were not the names that I was thinking. Like, at least when I think like interesting, experienced names, I'm thinking of guys that maybe just got fired. They're former managers. They've won something. Um, and they're expressing interest. And who the Padres have talked to, at least who has been, you've got Mike Chilt, inside guy. No other team has talked to him. You've got Ryan Flaherty, inside guy. No other team wants him to be their manager. Benji Gill talked with the Angels. I don't know if that was really serious. No one else talked to him, right, to be the manager. Phil Nevin, has anyone else talked to Phil Nevin? I'm not so sure, but I don't think so. And David Ross, I believe he's talking with Milwaukee, which would be wild if he went to Milwaukee and counsel with the Cubs. They just switched spots there. Um, but it just feels like a lot of guys here that not a lot of other teams want. So should that be a red flag for the Padres? Like, why, why be wanting these guys? Why think these guys are the right guys? And it's different organizations, I understand. But I, I don't I don't know what I was expecting, I guess. Probably some bigger names to come in and talk. These guys are big names, but I'm just not not the biggest. And Preller was making it seem like there was, you know, this was a, a popular destination for people that, you know, wanted to become the manager of this team. By the way, Padres Juan Soto, he won his fourth straight silver slugger award. And that's by having two bad months. First month, he had a 202 average, 757 OS. In August, he had a 219 OPS. He'll finish with a 930 OPS. Career high, 35 home runs, 158 OPS plus, 58% above league average, 519 slug, over 100 runs driven in, almost 100 runs scored, a five and a half more, which was top 10, I think, in the National League. Uh, I mean, Juan Soto on a walk year is a guy I want on this Padres team. No doubt about that. So congratulations to him. So, yeah, I mean, that was pretty much the news today. Out of Manny Machado showed up at the San Diego FC training facility event, which it seems like what they're doing is pretty cool. Um, Don Garber, MLS commissioner, was there. And it's a big plan. And I'll pull it up here. It's a big plan that San Diego FC is doing here. I like the opportunities that they're going to be providing to these young uh, kids coming up. Let me pull that I was sent here, the information. It's $150 million, I think, the facility that they're paying for. But they're, yeah, they're making groundbreaking event. Performance Center and Right to Dream Academy ahead of the 2025 inaugural season. Uh, Don Garber was there. Mohamed Mansour, chairman. Cody Martinez was there, vice chairman. Uh, Tom Vernon was there, who's the founder and CEO of Right to Dream. Manny was there, founding partner of San Diego FC. Obviously, Padres third baseman. And they broke ground on the training facility, the Right to Dream Academy. And if you look at these pictures, I mean, it looks pretty cool, but it, it always seems like the pictures seem cooler than how it ends up. But yeah, it's going to be a 125,000 
square foot campus, 50,000 square foot state-of-the-art sports performance facility shared by uh, the MLS first team, like uh, the, the big team and teams, five full-size soccer te- soccer fields, three natural turf fields, two tur- uh, synthetic turf fields. Fall 2025 is when it's supposed to open. And the residential academy will accommodate male students between the ages of 12 to 18, spanning groups through uh, 12. So it's going to be paid for. It's invite only, but it, it's pretty cool. There's going to be male, and then there also there's also going to be a female as well. Those people aren't going to be uh, – those females, I don't believe they're going to be residential, but it's cool. Uh, I think they're the first that are going to have that among MLS teams. And so, Right to Dream San Diego scholarship-based academy whereby all enrolled residential athletes will receive full five-year scholarships regardless of their uh, football, soccer performance. Um, Getting back to the chat, any comments, questions? Yep, Soto with another Silver Slugger Award. Lizzie says, any of the managers except Flaherty for me just get the show on the road and let the new manager start planning. Preller always takes so long. Wasn't that one of Melvin's complaints? Melvin complained about the timing of him being the manager of the Padres. I don't think I remember hearing that. I mean, I, I did the Padres string Melvin along? Melvin seemed like the no-brainer move to make because of how out of the box it was and you're going to you know the A's are willing to give you him for no compensation where the ah, yeah you go make that move Um, seeing in the chat here Ben do you know who Hog is yes of course Devin says, David Rush interviewed as well. I don't know why the Padres like to use the word considering. Well, that's that's Kevin using the word considering. He's probably told that by, by a source. But yeah, I, I, I agree. David Ross should get interviewed because what hurts? Interviewing David Ross doesn't hurt anything. So yeah, might as well talk to him. Uh, No. It wouldn't be weird. Go ahead. You can join the show. It doesn't matter what age you are. You're 16. Go ahead. Click that link that's pinned up at the top of the chat. If you want to join the show, you have any thoughts, any questions, feel free to do so. Love talking with other Padres fans. Devin asked, did you watch the San Diego State basketball season opener? Yes, I did. I did give my thoughts on that. So you can go to the YouTube channel here, go to playlist San Diego State, and you'll see it there. But yeah, I thought it was an encouraging win. Sure, there were some hiccups there. Got to a two-point lead at halftime. But I thought some parts on defense were very encouraging. Micah Paris shooting was encouraging. Seeing uh, Reese Waters, that was good. Um, what a night from Jaden Ledee. They, they At the end of the day, they took care of business, won the game. That's what matters. And they can start to progress, and they play BYU coming up tomorrow. With San Diego State football, don't know how many people care of how their season's going, but San Diego State football plays uh, out of state this weekend on the road. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. More questions. Again, the main line here today, Padres. They interviewed Phil Nevin yesterday and... It seems like those conversations are continuing to happen. So, obviously, I will keep you updated on that on social media, at Talking Friars on Twitter and on Instagram, here on YouTube, giving my thoughts whenever news comes out. Phil, I think if you want, and I put this out on social media media earlier today, if you want passion, you want energy, you want uh, no BS, that's what it seems like Phil is. like Like, he wouldn't let things slide. You want playing experience, someone who played for the Padres as well. I mean, lives in San Diego, has a house in Poway. He's had that for a long time. Um, managing experience, sure, it was brief, but he had experience at the big league, third base coach, Yankees, Giants. He has bench coach experience with the Angels, has managing experience with the Angels. And now he'll have a more talented roster, in my opinion, than what the Angels had. And that could, you know, Benji Gill was with Phil Nevin, so maybe Benji would come along with Phil. Maybe Schilt and Flaherty would be okay with being on the coaching staff under Phil Nevin because they don't have anywhere really. Especially is what it seems like. Uh, and, you know, same thing with, in terms of manager, same thing with Schilt. Like, no one else is giving him that opportunity. So maybe they could stay and you could have a pretty good coaching staff made up of a bunch of guys that you talk to. Um, Ruben Niebla obviously staying as the pitching coach. David Ross, again, I think he should get an interview. I don't understand why the Padres haven't done that yet. At least it hasn't been reported yet. See what thoughts he has. If he wants to get right managing. Um, is he willing to be a coach if he if the Padres don't think that managing the team is the best fit for David Ross? Um, 
yeah, we're we're pretty much just in wait and see mode. Really, that's what it is. Uh, Steve asks, what about the rotation? It could easily be trash. Well, that's, yeah. The rotation, obviously, and Preller mentioned this yesterday when he's talking to the media, the rotation is a priority. Pitching, priority. And right now, you got you, Darvish, and Joe Musgrove, two veteran pitchers, two guys who are coming off of injuries, and then you don't know. Okay, you could slot Pedro Avila in as a five-starter, maybe. But like Ped, uh, Preller yesterday, I think he mentioned half-jokingly, like, yeah, probably four pitchers like they had last year where he went and got Lugo, Waka, short short deals, not a lot. But, hey, you know, a lot out of them this past year. Pitchers, and now those guys are probably going to get bigger deals. Probably going to have to do that again here in this offseason. And Preller mentioned four, like maybe four of those. He knows pitching depth is important. And I think that's also another signal. Now, maybe he was joking, and but I think it's another signal that, yeah, this Padres team does intend to de- decrease the payroll. If they want to keep Juan Soto, they definitely aren't going to go, you know, be signing Blake Snell and Sonny Gray and Yamamoto. Like, that's Aaron Nola. So they're going to have to find a way to, you know, bring in guys that have talent but maybe took a step back last year, not super valuable, at least in you know some other teams' heads, like top-tier pitchers, and have Ruben Diebla go work his magic. Definitely a priority for sure. Yep. I mean, you go look at all of these World Series teams, and they had pitching. Some, of, some had stronger rotations, some had stronger top of the rotations, and then they had some other starters that went to the bullpen in the postseason and helped out the bullpen. Some had strong bullpens decent rotations and they they found a way but all these teams at least in the postseason their pitching came up huge texas rangers with Nate and jordan Murray, obviously um in the bullpen they did show up like the texas rangers their bullpen was a a big question mark but then they showed up now relish chapman that was you know probably giving rangers fans uh heart attacks while you know watching them pitch but I mean, the Jose LeClerc showed up, obviously. Josh Spores showed up. Um, Arizona Diamondbacks, Brandon Fott, right? I know he wasn't good in the regular season, but he shows up. Merrill Kelly and Zach Gallen showed up there at the end. Like, you need the pitching. Um, you look at the Phillies. World Series, making it to the World Series, we know they had pitching. Astros, we know they had pitching. Um, so, you go back to the Nationals in 2019. Did they have pitching? Yes. You look at the Red Sox in 2018. Did they have pitching? Yeah, they had Nathan Evaldi coming out of the bullpen in the World Series. Um, throwing, what, over 100 pitches, I think? I know they lost that game, but they had pitching depth. They had Chris Sale coming out of the bullpen to close out that World Series. So, yeah, pitching is the big priority for this Padres team this offseason. Uh, but who are they going to be able to get with the payroll going down pretty significantly. At least that's what reports are hinting at right now. All right. It's Epic882. Hello. How's it going? I'm good. How are you, man? Doing good. I just got back from school. It was a long day, but, you know, I'm, I'm ready to relax and enjoy the weekend because Veterans Day tomorrow. Yeah. What Can you got, you man? Me? Yeah, I got uh-huh. you. Oh, okay. Um, I was just going to ask some basic questions like, you know, do you think, like, 
do you think we should hire Benji Gill or like what what would be your preference for the manager, you know? Yeah. My preference right now is still Mike Schilt. I think that I, I'd like Benji Gill. I have nothing against Benji Gill. I think I'd like him to be on the coaching staff. Um, I think though where the Padres are at, having someone that has that relationship color, which Benji Gill does in terms of like extend relations, uh yeah, that relationship where Schilt has been in that organization for the for the last couple of years, how AJ operates. He, he I think Darren Smith said the other day that he has like a line to Peter Seidler and ownership. So like it seems like they do have a, a good relationship there. And he has the managing experience, makes the postseason year in, year out when he was with the St. Louis Cardinals. I know he hasn't hasn't won the whole thing, but that's the same thing. You could say that same thing with someone like Craig Council, who just got forty million dollars from the Cubs. So um, I'd go with Schilt right now. Flaherty, I don't think I would flip out about considering AJ Preller is the guy that's running the show right now. Mm-hmm. I thought I would flip out about Ryan Flaherty at the beginning of this, but I think the priority needs to be someone that can obviously you want it, you need respect from the players, command the clubhouse, know what you're talking about, all that. But someone that shares that same vision with AJ Preller, I think is going to be super important. What about you? Um, you know, I was going to say, like, I think Mike Schilt would be a good option, too, because Mike Schilt, I don't know if you remember, but he was with the Cardinals all those years. Yep. And he was like, he was, they made the postseason every year he was the manager. Now, I'm not saying that's all on him. Like, he is the reason they made it every year. But I'm just saying he has that experience. So I, I think he's the best option right now. But, you know, things could change, obviously. So I guess we'll see. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going on uh, baseball reps right now, looking at the Cardinals, just some of their rosters when Mike Schilt was the manager. Uh, I mean, looking, so I'm not counting 2018 because Matheny got fired there and then Schilt took over, but the full seasons that Schilt was the guy, they went 91 and 71. They had 30 wins in the shortened 2020 season. 2021, they had 90 wins. 2022, oh, that's Marmol, sorry. Uh, 2021, 90 wins, 91 wins. So like, I mean, that's, that's what, with this Padres team wants. I mean, yeah, you know, even, even the year that they made the postseason in 2022 and they make that run, they didn't get to 90. I think they won 89. So, or, uh, yeah, I think 89. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I'm not saying that that's going to happen. It's guaranteed to happen if Schultz becomes the manager, but I think he knows what he's doing. And yeah. yeah, at the end there, yeah, he had some philosophical differences, I guess, with um, John Mosellock, who's running things there with the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. But he was there knowing the culture of the Cardinals, which I think a lot of people would agree it's one of the best in baseball. The Cardinals won all that. He was there in the minor leagues for a long time and then had some success there as the manager. And he can bring that over as the manager. of his. And again, he had a relationship with A.J., uh, I it's a good relationship with AJ. Um, and, you know, if, if this is AJ's last manager, he needs to go with the guy that he knows. So if that guy's Flaherty over Schilt, okay, then go with, with uh, Flaherty. But if it's Schilt, then go with Schilt. You know, who cares what I think? Who cares what you think? Who cares what anyone else thinks? He needs to go with the guy that he thinks is the best because I hope that this is his last manager chance. Uh, I think yeah. a lot of people in the fan base would agree with that. Oh, I want to call. 
Yeah, hold on. Sorry. Right. No, you're good. Um, I I also had another question regarding the payroll. So, how do you think they're gonna handle like the like? What do you think they're gonna do to kind of reduce? You know, they've been saying they're gonna reduce the payroll. How do you think they're gonna handle it? Like, yeah. So yeah, it's a good question. Obviously, Juan Soto, if he's making over thirty million dollars and they can deal him, that makes it easier. But if you're someone like myself that wants Juan Soto on this team in a walk year, uh, because I think he's going to, you know, show out. He had two bad months this year and still was their best player offensively and had a 930 OPS and 35 bombs. Like, that's someone I want on this team when you're trying to win. So let's say they keep Juan Soto. How they're going to do that is maybe you have to not tender a contract to someone like uh, Tim Hill. I was about to say Rich Hill. Definitely not Rich Hill. Tim Hill, who's making like $3 million, or Trent Grisham, who's probably yeah. going to make like $5 million. Maybe you don't tender him a contract, and you find someone else to play center, whether it's Tatis, or I don't think that they want Azokar there playing every day. But if they're trying to save money and trying to get down and they don't want to deal Juan Soto, they're going to have to do it like that. They're going to have to find, you're going to have to make some tough decisions and find ways to lower that payroll. Does it include trading someone like Hassan Kim? Does it include finding a way to trade Jake Cronenworth. Um, you know, it's, I think that, yes, it makes it a whole lot easier. If, if $200 million is the number, they have to get under that, then trading Juan Soto is probably what the Padres will determine as, yeah, like this is the easiest way to go about it here. Um, and they could, they could, they probably would, let's say they trade Soto. What they would do, I assume, is they would play it off as, well, we think we have a complete, more of a complete roster here. It allowed us more flexibility. We like the talent that we're bringing in. That's obviously how they would sell it. I don't know how well that would go with the fan base. Um, but yeah, I mean, and it goes back to AJ, Peter Seidler. We got to include him there as well. Like they have put themselves in this situation with handing out contracts that they didn't need to hand out at the times that they handed them out. Yeah. And you know, another thing is that, uh, it just doesn't really add up. Like, you know, they're saying they're going to cut payroll and then they're trying to sign Otani. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me at all, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, Otani, as, as I've said, and a lot of people, I guess, blew up about it on social media when I said Shoei Otani's not the best fit for the Padres. Obviously, we'd love to have Shoei Otani. He's a great talent, but he doesn't fit this Padres team in know, terms yeah. of the payroll just what it's just the situation right now. Yeah. And um, I'm not going to get upset about you over that. I mean, I totally agree. I mean, he's a great player. I mean, but he's not going to fix, he's not going to fix what, what happened last year. If you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I don't want to have this sound this, uh, the wrong way. Having Shohei Otani on your team doesn't guarantee you a postseason spot. Exactly. Like a lot of money and all that. But that's also a lot of money that you're paying showing and that see how that's going to work. Like Major League Baseball is literally having the Padres come up with a plan and present them a plan to how they're going to get their payroll down. So yeah. adding Otani, when you're not trading Xander Bogart, you're not trading Manny, you're not trading Tatis. It's I only going to make it worse. It doesn't add up. Exactly. So, yeah. And then there's risk on top of it. Like how long is Shohei going to continue pitching and DHing? Is he going to yeah. pick one eventually? And then you're paying knows, yeah. $45 million a year or something to a guy that 
is only DHing, or if he's not pitching, he's probably going to try to play the field. But that's still a lot of money to a guy that you thought maybe was going to be pitching and doing both, and then he's not doing it. So, like, I, I think that we need just as baseball fans taking the Padres out of it. Let's appreciate Shohei when he comes back, what he's what he's able to do because I don't know how long he's going to do it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, this Padres team, I just don't see how it makes sense for them to go get Shohei Otani, considering where they're at right now. We would all love yeah. to have the, the talent, Shohei Otani, all the you know how much attention that would bring to the Padres. We would be excited about it, of course, but it just doesn't fit right now, in my opinion. Yeah, and also, in my opinion, I think that, you know, like, he's a great player and all, like you said, but I don't think he'll put this team, like, over the top. I mean, he will. I mean, he can. He has the ability to, but, like, I don't think he's going to, like I said, fix what happened last year. And I don't think that just adding more payroll when you're trying to cut makes any sense. What? So you're saying fix what happens la- what happened last year. So how would they fix what happened last year? I mean, I think the first thing to do is trade Juan Soto. I mean, I it's not it may not help you immediately right now because you know the players we're getting in return may not be Juan Soto immediately, but it's going to take time. And I I think it's not really a rebuild mode, but like you know try to get try to get some of the players you got back that you traded to Washington, but with like the Yankees or Cubs or whatever, you know. So you think that the Padres can go win the World Series or they can tell their fan base that, yeah, we're trying to go win the World Series this year if Snell's not coming back, Hater's not coming back, and you're trading Juan Soto, you think that the Padres are going to be able to be like, yeah, we're, we're trying to go win the World Series this year, and players are going to believe that as well? Because the players realize it as well. You think that they are fine if, if the Padres go trade the guy that was their best hitter this past season. Yeah, um, I, I know it does sound it does sound kind of odd and weird, and it doesn't make any sense. But I mean, they put themselves in this position where they kind of have to get rid of some of their crazy money off the books. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I just not confident, at, and and then probably makes sense to trade Soto if you're not going to extend him, and I don't think that they are, and I don't think they're going to bring him back in free agency at this point in time. Um, but the Padres acquired him knowing the risk. They acquired him knowing that they could get three pennant races out of him, and then that's it. And yeah. that was like the promise that A.J. Preller made. Now, he lies, but that was the problem, the, or not the problem, the promise that he made at the presser when they acquired Soto, and to only get one pennant race out of him and not even try with Juan Soto in 2024, that would just personally, I think there's Padre fans as well that agree. Like that would just piss me off. Um, yeah. You know, for those, for the season ticket holders that are spending thousands of dollars that packed Petco park last year, that are disappointed, that are expecting this Padres team to continue trying at least for 2024 because Soto is guaranteed under contract to sit there and say, no, we're going to trade Juan Soto. Uh, And by the way, season ticket prices increased. You're lowering payroll. Season ticket prices increase. Didn't make the playoffs last year. No Snell, no Hater, and now no Soto. Yeah, but we're trying to win still. I just don't see how that's going to go over well at all. Yeah, well, you know, I do think it's still a bummer. And that's why, that is why it's a bummer that they didn't make it last year because, Mm -hmm. you know, they have this team. They have everything. Everything's come together 
for like the first time in a while. I mean, obviously 2022 things came together, but like, you know, it felt like 2023 was the year to win the world series and they didn't do it and they didn't even make the playoffs. So it's just, it's a bummer, but I mean, what are we going to do about it? Yeah. So going back to the manager real quick, last one here. So if yeah. you had to rank like Gil, Schilt, Flaherty, who am I missing? Gil, uh, Gil, Schilt, Flaherty, uh, Nevin. Should we throw David Ross in there? Maybe. Yeah. But let's just go with those four. No David Ross, but those four, how would you rank like who you want as manager? Um, you know, I would go Mike Schilt first, and I think that's what you said, right? Yeah. Mike Schilt first. Uh, you know, I don't know much about Benji Gill, but I do know that he managed Team Mexico in the WBC, I believe. I'm not sure. Yep. Yeah. And then he had some um, uh, Mexican winter ball experience there as well. Yeah. So I would say, so going off that list, I would say Mike Schilt, Benji Gill, uh... Hold on. Okay, Phil Nevin and then Ryan Flaherty. Flaherty? Yeah. Yeah, I would say yeah. Flaherty last. I mean, I don't I hope that doesn't get hate, but you know, it's just my list. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone will probably have some sort of a, a different list. Like I think there's gonna be people that are gonna say Flaherty last because oh, it's another Jace Tingler and all that. Although it is and it isn't. Like I understand why people would say that, but also it's not because Flaherty has been inside the organization. He has good relationships with the players. He knows AJ Preller. Preller liked Tingler. Preller likes Flaherty. We saw how Tingler worked out. But Tingler was not in the organization and knew what went right in 2022, what went in 2023, where Flaherty was. So maybe that's how something would be a little bit different. Maybe the coaching staff is constructed a little bit better. Uh, feels like the Padres have a good pitching coach with Ruben Niebla, and yeah, it was Larry Rothschild uh, with Jace Tingler, and we saw how that worked out. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, I appreciate you coming on, man. All right, yeah. Have a good day, man. See you later. You too. All right. All right. So, let's see. Anyone else in the chat before we get out of here? Again, not a super long show. Uh, just wanted to go over the latest news here, you know, my luck, right when I come off of the show, uh, the Padres will, you know, have another manager interview or some some other news will come out. JD's third says trade Soto and Kim. Try to unload one of Manny or X or Crony while you're at it. So you really don't want to win this year. Then that's what that tells me. Trade your best hitter. Trade one of your more valuable players from this past year. Try to unload one of the best third baseman in baseball's contract. Like, come on. <laughs> That's not happening. I, I get trying to unload like crony. Uh, Xander, I don't even know how that's really realistic to even think about. Trying to unload that because who's going to take that contract? Ten years of Xander Bogarts? What other team in baseball was going to give Bogarts 11 years like the Padres? Especially at $280 million. JB says, bring back Myers, bring back Profar. They are valued in the clubhouse. Fans like them. If you look at the Phillies, you can tell right away their clubhouse vibe is on point. Okay. Will, I think he, he might, uh, I mean, I don't know, but feels like he might just retire. Profar, yeah, bring him back. He can play first. He can play other infield. 
He can play outfield. He can DH. We know he played good and left in 2022. So, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with bringing Profar back. And it's not going to be expensive because of the year that he had last year. Uh, JB says, Kim and Tatis are flout out better shortstops, but were forced to switch positions after they've been on the team. I think that's a reason why the clubhouse had some bad vibes. Team player sure seems like hey playing another position. And Tatis is sure talking to another, being at another position as well. Talking to reporters and all that sure seemed like he was fine with that. And he just, he just won a gold glove. So, I mean, Maybe some Padres players didn't like the Bogarts move, but I'm not going to give up on the Bogarts. You know, one year in, it might end up working out terribly. But I, I guess all it takes is him having a really good year one year, and the Padres go and win a World Series, and then the contract ends up being a success, right? Because he would help the Padres win something that they've never done in their franchise's history. Yeah, Carter asked, why would we trade Soto just out of curiosity? Well, because of the payroll situation, that would save them a bunch of money. They're trying to get the payroll down. Padres probably aren't going to extend him or bring him back in free agency long term. They could get uh, some young starting pitching back, maybe. They could get top prospects back, maybe. That's why you would do it. But I don't want to have any regrets. I want to try with Juan Soto on this team in 2024. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But I don't want to just, you know, not have Juan Soto and a walkie on my team. I, I, that's just, I want Soto on this team. Uh, Carter says, I think we could sign Hoskins. Thoughts on that? I think the only way they sign Hoskins is if it's like on a one-year deal, like prove it deal, where it's like one year, 10 mil, probably have to be more than that. But because he's coming off of the injury, maybe he wants to have a one-year deal, not a four-year, five-year deal, play well, and then he can go get a five-year deal or something off of that year. That's the only way I see it. Sure, Hoskins, power. That would be cool to have him on the team, you know, an actual baseman. But I guess there would be question marks there as well. Um, But I think another team is what would be willing to give him a multi. So I guess it's really up to, like, what he wants. Padres might want more left-handed bats, not right-handed, and Hoskins is right-handed. So I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't be surprised to see a report like the Padres check in on Reese Hoskins at some point here in the offseason. All right, that's going to do it. Talking for hours, episode 511. Thanks so much for the time. Phil Nevin interviews with the Padres. We'll see what happens there with the Padres manager situation. SeatGeek code Talking Friars, $20 off order. Tennessee 100% up to $100. Breaking T, Foco. Foco has some great. Padres bobbleheads and collectibles, breaking tees, Aztecs, waves, shirts, and sweatshirts. Obviously, Gaglione Bros, the main sponsor of the show. Main location is on Friars Road. Click that link in the description there. Menu, phone number, address, all that good stuff. Again, thanks everyone here on YouTube, on podcast platforms. Have a great rest of your day. See ya.